The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's time to talk gardening. Porik Horkin, he of the Horkin Garden Centre family, is joining me now. Porik, good morning. A very good morning to you, Pat. Now, you are uh, suggesting that um, some of us might be able to put together what looks like um, a cottage garden. What yeah, is that? What is that? Well, it's very, it's coming back very much in vogue, Pat. So a cottage garden plants are herbaceous perennials. Now that sounds very technical, but it basically means that these are a collection of plants that flower predominantly from early summer right through until late autumn, often into winter. But the good news is they come back year after year and many of them actually multiply. So by planting one plant, the plant increases in size over a number of years and you can subdivide it and transplant it into other areas of your garden. But this is the time to plan and plant a cottage garden. And I'm thinking of plants, I mean, there's lots of plants available in your local garden centre at the moment that would suit a cottage garden look. But plants like the old-fashioned lupins are absolutely beautiful. Yellow-flowering rudbeckias. Here's a plant. You talked about bees earlier on, Pant, Mm -hmm. in the programme. Rudbeckias are fantastic for bees because bees love long-flowering plants and rudbeckia comes into flower at the end of June and stays in flower right up until November. A fabulous plant, not just for colour in your garden, but also for, for bees. Hardy geraniums. There's lots of good varieties, but a variety I particularly like is one called Roseanne because, again, the flowers are actually sterile in Roseanne, which means that they never set seed. Hence, the plant stays in flower right through until the ends of the summer. But hardy geraniums come in a whole range of different colours, from whites to pinks. They cover the ground. They only grow about 18 inches to two feet in height, and they're absolutely brilliant for smothering the weeds as well. Another lovely plant, plant, uh, plant pouches, one called Nepita, and they come in a whole range of different varieties, very similar to lavender in flower. So if you're finding it difficult to grow lavender, plant a couple of Nepitas, and they will give you, again, fabulous colour right through till autumn. And again, again, a great plant to cover the ground and suppress weeds. Phlox paniculata is one of my favourites. And one of the old-fashioned peony roses, Pat, they are fabulous as well. And a little tip, if you're planting a cottage garden plant, or cottage garden plants, put in some summer flowering bulbs as well, like dahlias or the scented lilies or the crocrosmias, which again, add to the colour, but again, give you fabulous material for cutting during the summer months as well. Very good. Sounds like a terrific uh, suggestion. Uh, cottage garden, because the look is lovely. It's, uh, it's not sort of mannered. It's uh, more gentle. Free-flowing, and it's actually quite low-maintenance packed because, as I mentioned, many of the plants, like the geraniums and the pita, actually cover the ground and they suppress the weeds. So they're brilliant on banks and slopes and at the front of borders where you want to suppress the, 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 the young weeds. Some of the questions coming in, there are foxes coming through our garden constantly. They are digging holes in the lawn. Is there anything we can do to put a stop to this? Please note, we also have a dog and a cat, so we don't want any harm to come to them. That's from Steph. Well, look, the best way to to get this question with rabbits and hares as well, Pat, and really the only effective way is to net them out, to put up some some sort of uh, physical barrier that will actually stop the foxes from physically getting into the garden. They're actually hunting for earthworms and uh, foxes will burrow your lawn for for slug snails, but particularly earthworms. So you have to try and keep them out and they can run up a wall. So it's very hard to keep a fox out. (laughs) It sure is. It sure is, Pat. Now, for the first time this year, I've started uh, annual flower seedlings from uh, cutting uh, and I wonder about planting them out in late May. What type of bed should I prepare or am I too late to start a no-dig patch? That's from Ashling. 
No, it's a great idea. No dig literally does what it says on the tin, Pat. You simply, if, if you've got, say, an area in your lawn that you want to create a, a, a no dig bed, you simply cut the lawn quite tightly, put down some thick cardboard and peg it down and then put some compost right on top. So if you've got your own home home compost or you, you've got some bags of compost, you could spread it on top of the cardboard and literally plant into that. So if you've got border soil, you can mix some organic matter. Again, you get in your local garden centre, some compost of manure, dig that into the soil and plant your flowers in, into the bed. I'm guessing the listener is growing some annuals from seed indoors. The planting of those should, should happen at the end of April, early May, and they will flower then from June right through to the end of the summer. Next one. I've some French lavender that has become quite woody. Can I cut it back hard now or have I missed the pruning window? That's from Jean. No, Jean, it's actually quite a good time to prune lavender. I like to leave the pruning of lavender until early spring. Um, so now's the time to cut it back, you know, reduce it roughly by about 50%. You don't want to go right into the really old wood at the base. So back about 50%, give it a feed at this time of year, feed it again at the end of April and it'll kick back into growth perfectly fine. Uh, I have a malian uh, clematis for some years, which bloomed beautifully every year. As it was getting quite large, I trimmed it back. Unfortunately, I cut it back at the wrong time of the year. I'd no flowers the following season. This is the second year and still no blooms. Have I killed it from Denise? Denise, there's nothing to worry about. Maylene is a variety, it's a, a Montana variety of clematis patch. It's extremely vigorous. I mean, it will put on 10 to 15 feet of growth per year and it needs to be pruned. But the time of year to prune it is immediately after flowering. So Maylene comes into flower end of April, May that first week of June, it's going out of flower and that's the time to cut it back. Don't wait, wait until the middle of June or July. Cut it as soon as the flowers start to fade. You can trim it back with a hedge trimmers quite severely, quite hard back. It'll produce lots of growth during this summer and come into flower next spring. So leave it alone at the moment. It's going to flower in the, in the next couple of months. And as soon as the flowers fade, Denise, trim it back. When can I introduce my tomato and strawberry seedlings into my greenhouse? And what is meant by the phrase, pinch out the truss? Okay, so we'll come to that in a set. So in terms of tomatoes, they are frost-sensitive, Pat. So if you're, you're starting your tomatoes or uh, peppers, anything like cucumbers, they need to be protected. So keep them in at the moment. The temperatures at nighttime is still quite cool. So I wouldn't put them out to the greenhouse until about the end of March, the first week of April. And even then, you need to keep an eye out for some frosty nights and cover them with some garden fleece. In terms of taking the truss out, that means... The, the truss is actually the flower. So what you want to take out is actually the side shoots with tomatoes. So as tomatoes grow during the summer, we remove the shoots, any shoots that appear between the leaf axle and the main stem. So you end up with a nice clean stem on your tomato with its side leaves and with the trusses of flowers, which will bear the fruit. Now, if you want an easy variety of tomato to grow without all this pinching back, there's a variety called red profusion that I grow myself every year. You simply plant it up into a big pot, keep it in the greenhouse for a couple of weeks, put it out of doors in May, and it produces trusses of loads and loads of fruit uh, right through the summer, as the name suggests, red profusion, a profusion of fruit without having to do any of this snipping back of side branches. I have a silver queen pittosporum as a hedge, which is three years planted. All the plants appear to have been badly damaged by the frost. Will they recover? 
Yeah, very common this year, Pat, with Pittosporum and Hebes and lots of our evergreen plants are showing lots of frost damage, heavy frost damage. Pittosporum, it's only three years old. It's quite a young plant. The plant may have failed, but the way to check it is to take your... The, the, your thumbnail or a, or a sharp knife and just scrape away the bark close to ground level. If the, the wood inside has gone brown, the plants have failed. If it's still green, they'll reshoot again. They will again. recover. Yeah, so leave it maybe for a couple of weeks. Just do that test on it. Growth hasn't started on, on shrubs just yet, so there's plenty of time yet. But just, just check them to see if they're still alive. Uh, the leaves have fallen off my orchid. What will I do or is it dead? No, not necessarily. I mean, orchids are, are actually quite a tough plant. They get this name for being fussy and, and uh, needing lots of care, but they're actually quite, quite hardy. So my advice really is to, it may have been overwatered. It sounds like that if the foliage has gone completely. So my advice really is to take it out of its existing pot, shake off the compost that's there, see if the roots still healthy. And if they are, get some fresh orchid compost in your local garden centre, repot it back into the same pot and just hold back in the watering till you see some new growth. So the compost should be moist, but not too wet. And once you see some new growth starting, you can start a watering regime again. Normally about once a month is sufficient for orchids at this time of year. And it's a good time of year if you've got orchids to start liquid feeding them with an orchid feed as well. Could ask Porek, I have a lawn about a quarter of an acre in size, 90% moss. If I got a mini digger to scrape the moss off, put moss killer on it and then reseeded it, could that work? I did put the recommended moss killer on it and tried to rake it. However, due to size and density of the moss, it did not work. That's from Edel. Well, Edel, um, I mean, if you're going to get a mini digger in and, and, and scrape away all the moss, you're going to be scraping away the grass and the soil as well. And you, you're really talking about sowing a new a new lawn. Um, my advice really is, I mean, I find the zero very, very effective at controlling moss. Now, it does have to be used each year. Um, and the grass tends to, once the moss dies, the old grass starts to grow up through the the dying and decaying old moss, as it were. So try the zero first would be my advice. Put that on now. It's a liquid. It'll kill the moss very, very quickly. Feed the lawn and see, can you bring back the existing grass that's there? If that fails, we'll certainly re- reconsider maybe re-sowing the entire yeah. lawn area. But because of its size, I think using the zero would be my, my first uh, step. Now, an intriguing one. My spring bulbs, my snowdrops and daffodils have come up, but very few of them flowered. Why? And what can I do to ensure flowers next year? Okay, well, and it's a very, very common question, Pat. And remember, we had the question about the armorillus last week in, in terms of when do you cut it back? And the same applies with our, our bulbs. They're flowering at the moment. Uh, snowdrops have gone out of flower, but our daffodils are beautiful at the moment. But they need a six-week period after flowering to rebuild up the bulb for next year. And it's a critical time. Once they go out of flower, you actually should start feeding your daffodils. So feed them with a, a liquid feed or a granulated feed. You'll actually notice that the leaves get longer as the flowers start to fade because the plant is is physically growing and building up the bulb for next year. So the critical thing is to leave the bulbs for a six or seven week period after they finish flowering, liquid feed them by all means and build that bulb up for next year. If you cut them back too early after flowering, you're going to stop that process and hence they won't flower, you just get green leaves. So I think it's a matter of um, feeding them, build them up for next year and they should be perfectly fine. Time maybe for a quick one. My bay leaf plant in a pot outside, leaves going brown, what should I do? 
Well, again, it, it could be just physical frost damage or a bit of winter damage, Pat. Again, bay leaves haven't produced any new growth just yet. So a light trimming back will benefit the plant. A, a, a granulated feed now on the bay leaf or a liquid feed, particularly if it's in a pot. And you should see some new growth as we come into April. By mid-April, it should be back fully healthy again. So I do. I wouldn't worry about it. I think it's just a little bit of winter damage. Very good. Pori Corkin, thank you very much for all your wisdom. And that's all we've time for. With a reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to in the News Talk app powered by Golad. Just search for The Pat Kenny Show. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.